1: From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Roth.
2: Ahoy, friends, and welcome to Truth and Justice. I am back from my assignment, and you are listening to the Friday follow-up for Season 12, Episode 29, The Mystery Hiker. This week, we heard interviews from Gray, Janelle M., and Josh Ernie, and that gave us a look into who The Mystery Hiker was. And I'm joined today by Bob and Janet, and right for this break, we're going to dive into all of that and your listener questions.
3: All right, everybody, we are back and we are going to jump into a discussion about the mystery hiker. Another huge thing that has happened that we're going to talk about a little bit after we talk about our current case for Pinion Pines. The fact that Ednan Syed had his charges dropped by the Baltimore DA's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was ruled out of the DNA test and he is the charges have been dropped. So he's no longer on house arrest. Huge and wonderful.
1: Yeah, and you said you wanted to – you have this formatted for us to talk about that at the end?
3: Yeah, yeah. Just to respect those who are following uh, this current okay. case who may not follow Anon, we'll, we'll do the same thing that we did last time and uh, and wrap up the follow-up with that great news and some questions from listeners.
1: Perfect. I will save my comments for then as far as the Anon Syed stuff. Uh, for this week, uh, what were your guys' thoughts? I think I started with Zach last time. Jana, what did you think about uh, this week's episode?
3: A couple of things stood out to me um definitely interested to hear your thoughts both of your thoughts on the kind of rumor about or the fact that Becky may have told someone that her dad was growing weed that's something that we've talked yes. about yes uh, yes is that what you're going to say to Zap
1: 100% i swear yes. i thought i was in a room with Patrick Hines when you just did that that was your <laughs> perfect yes
3: <laughs> so that definitely stood out also just the amount of um different uh nicknames like the different like casual terms that LeClaire throws around for um females and males uh, mm-hmm. started to become comical to me. I felt like we were in an like like West Side Story or something. It was like the chicks like the fellas, the guys go after the gals <laughs> right. and the chicks and the girls. I was like what year is this? <laughs> um just want to give a quick shout out he to never Leclerc. He never disappoints. Never disappoints. And then I know we're going to talk more about the mystery hiker and sort of how we ended the episode. But um, I'll I'll wait to share my thoughts when we get into some listener questions and stuff. What about you, Zap?
2: I'll I'll start from the end and go the other way. Great. With with Josh's interview. Josh Ernie. OK. You were pretty quick to write him off. and I, And I can see where you're coming from. I had a very big problem with him not knowing that she was deceased. OK. Because of the timeline. This is, there's, there's, I mean, it sounds like it's quite a, you know, a month has gone by. The report said October 17th, but somebody told me that it was, um,
1: and I think they said it in the interview, there's actually November 7th, because I kept saying, why did LeClaire say these couple months Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when it's October, it's exactly one month. So I actually,
2: I think, yeah, it was two months. So I have a problem with not knowing that she's deceased. If he's, he's called her a few times, like, I, I just feel like. The f- I, I get if she's deceased, she's not calling him back. But mm-hmm. if you're this person that's trying to connect with her, why do you not understand that she's not even available or alive? That that struck right. me very strange. The other big thing is there's no way in hell that he wasn't trying to hook up with her or something. You know what I mean? You don't. Oh, she was fun. And I wanted to get her number at the waitress yeah. at like they played that off really good. But there's no. I mean, he's either trying to hook up with her or this kind of goes back to Janelle's thing maybe he's buying weed from her maybe that gets brought up yeah somehow it, and he's like hey it could be i'm new to town is there do you know anybody that sells she's like oh right. guess what i do
1: well and i assumed that there was you know maybe trying to start some kind of romantic connection cuz you know how the you know how the fellas are when they meet a chick like LeClaire <laughs> would yeah. say um yeah. but so so are you saying so when you heard the call where he was told about her dying you think he was faking that and lying
2: I have a hard time believing that he doesn't know that she's deceased okay what do you think about that Janet
3: well I'm and I'm looking at the chat too and I see um you know oh oh you're back here um porphy porphyria porphyria 14 remember when we were trying to make sure we got that name right mm-hmm. um welcome back because I haven't I feel like I haven't seen you in a second um yeah the, they say there was something about Josh that felt a little off um, it looks like Valeria agrees what's that um, Montana points out if he's a regular at Denny's, how did he not hear? Um, Kaylin wonders maybe Josh figured that she was ghosting him. I I think I, I don't know. I feel like for me, the way I perceived it, mostly because I guess I just accepted that he didn't know, was that it wasn't, it was very casual. It was like somebody mm-hmm. that you kind of run into. I was, I made me think about I've, like running into an old friend of mine in New York and being like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. We haven't seen each other in so long. Like there's no real reason that we haven't been in touch with each other. We just haven't Mm -hmm. because that's what happens with friends and um, kind of we re-exchange phone numbers. He asked me for my phone number. Then it turned out it was already in his phone. You know what I mean? Like I gave him the phone number and he was like, oh, I already it's coming up as Janet's phone. And like, I I don't know. So that was very fresh for me. And so it just made me think like, oh, if it's kind of a casual thing where, you know, maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not. And possibly, especially if there's an interest there, but they but he has a girlfriend that there's, it's sort of this rolling, like, maybe we'll hang out, and then that doesn't really happen, and then you just kind of forget about it for a while, because yeah. you shouldn't be pursuing it in that way, and it is kind of casual, you don't know each other that well, and so you just go about your life, and the next thing you know, a month has passed. So I didn't, but I completely understand why folks think that, and there's no reason for me to not be suspicious any more than to be suspicious do you know what i mean like i feel like you're just as justified as i am for being like i don't know for some reason i just kind of accepted it but i also
2: feel like montana has a good point if he's going to to denny's enough that he's like met her and talked to her and become friends with her or whatever this is he doesn't go back into denny's ever in the last two months and doesn't hear anything well i did say he changed jobs which i think um could be part of it Uh, um i
3: I didn't get the impression that he was a Necessarily irregular, or they maybe would have ch- exchanged numbers before. No, he had.
1: Well, he had said that he had gone in there after work. I think. Well, I guess he
3: did say that he had used to. Go, it sounded like he said he used to go in there. Yeah, because he because he changed jobs. He, he worked,
1: worked at. Yeah, he had changed jobs since yeah. then and was working at Sears now instead of where he... I don't remember. where He said he worked before. Um, yeah, and I told him. And, and honestly, like if I read it, I'd be like, oh well, he's saying he doesn't know she's dead, but I don't know. But but there was to me when I heard it, like that reaction was very real to me and, and that's just my opinion on it but it was like and, and thinking back to you know occurrences that I had you know in my early 20s when I was single and and would like meet somebody like that would that wasn't a normal thing that if you like met somebody exchange phone numbers maybe you call them talk a couple times they never call you back whatever you move on you know or, or you know and I wasn't watching news or reading newspapers or anything like that so and he doesn't now. The only I so I, I want to try to reach out to Janelle M, and see if I can talk to because the call to her was interesting from the night before, but I, I don't know. To me, that reaction seemed very when he was when he's like you know about you know, about her death and he was just like, what what what? And he had just woke. You could tell, but from the sound, like yeah. he had just woke. They woke him up, and he's like, wait, what? Right. What's going on? Um, yeah. It just I I I. If he was lying, I bought it that he that he genuinely didn't know she was dead and I can see like it, it didn't seem odd to me at all that he wouldn't have known about her death. You know, in in the circumstances that were, that were going on. Not that I not that, not that I don't see your point as well, but it was like those things coupled together, I can certainly see a circumstance where he doesn't know that she's dead. Right. And it, his reaction to me sounded genuine.
3: It also would be a bad de- this doesn't mean that he this he didn't do this but it would be a bad decision to know that that everyone knew and it was all over the news but if you had something to do with it, you're gonna be the one person who doesn't even know she died like if you did know that would be a bad decision you know what I'm saying like if you yeah. it would because immediately as we expect Leclerc was like, what do you mean you didn't know everyone knows this like that's super weird buddy like it's really weird that you don't know that she's that mm-hmm. she's passed away so if it was a, uh, if it had been a tactic, To try to be as distant as possible from that was a very bad tactic because it stood out like a sore thumb because everybody seemed to know.
1: And Teresa pointed out in the chat that that he also said the last time he talked to her was in person. Um, And that to me goes to like stuff like that doesn't. And I've said this for years on the show when you're looking at people's memories of goes if it was a kind of an insignificant thing to him and it was two months ago. The fact that he doesn't remember that. Oh, yeah, we did talk on the phone for 10 minutes that day doesn't it's not a red flag for me uh and with all that being said you know like i said for me like i don't see i don't see him as a suspect i general genuinely don't think that he knew she was she was dead uh, and that motive would have had to been created right there you know in those couple of quick conversations um but when i say he's clear that doesn't just mean like oh well we're done with him like we're always still continuing to look and that's the beauty of having a crowdsource investigation is so many listeners are always continuing to look into stuff. And if something, if we find something else, it goes back to like with the, anon thing, like with Mr. S if you go back to my episode from seven years ago, you know, I said, you know, there's all these suspicious things, but he has no connection to hay that we know of. So I don't see him as being a suspect unless something changes. Now, if we, and we haven't, right. But say, if we find out, Oh yeah, actually, he did have a connection to Hay, and he threatened her if he was the one that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, well, oh, that changes things, and it would be the same thing right. with with Josh, but just for right now, like, like it's just not where there's I uh, somebody act on. Yeah, and Laura, uh, Laura one of our listeners, um, had had posted on Facebook, and she was like, "What is the like, why do we need to be clearing suspects?" And again, this for me, what I'm with, with for, it, it's it, it, there's a value in going through. We have this huge, broad list of people. If we can take people and say, okay, well, I see no motive. I genuinely think he didn't know that she was dead. Uh, So I see no reason to keep him on the list. All that is for me is to be able to say, okay, I don't need to continue going down this path there. My energy and resources are better spent in other places.
3: Right. Understood. Um, Zach, do you have other stuff you want to bring up or should we – you want to – we can launch into listener stuff and see if anything comes up. For my
2: me. only other note on my paper is what you brought up is the, is Janelle's rumor of John growing weed. That was big for me. I think that was really big for me. I yeah. am, This is driving me
1: nuts. I'm, I'm sure they, t- I mean, he said, I'm going to call back in 10 minutes and right. talk to her. She's going to be home yeah. Janelle. And there's another previous call to this one. I think I posted that transcript as well. I, yeah. I posted both, both of Janelle M's transcripts together as one. Cause he talked to her and she was like at class. And so then he talked to her again when he was talking to her the first time Desiree was in the background and was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, like, she's being, she's like trying to help from the background. And, but I have it in my, I have no report that says they talked to her. I have no, no transcript from them talking Mm -hmm. to her. I have no recording of them talking to her. I have nothing. It just seems really, really odd that that wouldn't be in there. And, and like, yeah. I've gone through kind of like the chronological list. I've gone through the case file, the entire file and keyword search for Desiree, for Clark, for anything. And then and I've got nothing.
2: Hmm.
1: So, so yeah, that was, it was huge because it, it, again, that's a, that's a huge risk factor. I know people say, well, it's just weed. But if you go back when weed was illegal, because people are like, nobody's going to kill people over a little bit of weed. But if there's, you know, there, there could be business dealings happening. We don't know that, that, do create a significant risk, and we don't know that that's true, but I sure would have liked to heard from Desiree.
2: But I think even nowadays, if you if you were to come across a person that had a grow, mm-hmm. and you wanted it, you're, you're going to try to sneak in the middle of the night, you're going to try to steal it, whatever it is, there could be an altercation. Right. Causing a death, right. even, and it's legal now. Yeah. Right. So just because it's weed, quote unquote, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter to me. Right. right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Because what it is, is money. Mm-hmm. Right. You're ta- what yes, we're talking exactly.
1: about is money. So, also, if, so, if we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, say there's a dozen plants out there, if you could get ten ounces out of a, out of a, whatever it is, a, 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 a couple, I don't know what it was then, a couple hundred dollars an ounce or whatever. I mean, that's you know twenty some thousand dollars that right. could be just from just, just from a handful of plants out there. So yeah, so if you stop thinking of it in terms of weed and think of it as business and money, yeah, it could certainly be a problem.
3: Well, let's talk for a second about, since the name of the episode was The Mystery Hiker, I think, um, you know, a couple folks, and I'm realizing now perhaps because that was the name of the episode, felt a little bit like, okay, was that meant to be a bombshell? Like, you sort of definitively saying that Javi must have been The Mystery Hiker, and we can sort of close the book on that. Um, Maybe people felt like, oh, but didn't we already kind of decide that?
1: Yeah, somebody, uh, Wes, I think, had put into the... Um, on, on Facebook, it said, like, why was this presented as like a bombshell? We already knew that uh, it, was, it wasn't it was intended to be as a bombshell. It was intended to be the final wrap up of this group. We fully explored Jacob and Javier and Bo and Nick, the Knicks and, you know, all, all these people, Corey, um, as far as we as far as as far as we're going to go right now. And the last thing that was kind of looming out there was. You know, what about this Josh and Gray guy she was talking to? And there's still been this looming question of Robert in the police interview we've heard from Robert. He said Becky told him another guy was going to be there. And people were like, was he lying about that? Was there going to be a different guy? And if there was going to be a different guy, who was it? So that was that was the the point. Of it. it wasn't a big bombshell. It was to say, well, let's look at Gray. Do we have any information to indicate he was the mystery hiker? I don't think so. Again, like in in his case, you're talking a grand total of three minutes of conversation if those Mm -hmm. calls connected, which we're not even sure about. And they were four days before. So for something to have occurred that caused this big thing where, you know, I'm going to go up and commit these murders, it would have had to have occurred four days before Mm -hmm. in three minutes of conversation. It seemed, you know, that I, I don't see anything there that makes him a suspect or anything there that makes him be the hiker. Uh, and Josh was a big one where people are like, what if Josh was the guy, you know, and these are a lot of that comes from like messages I get social media stuff. People are like, she talked to Josh. He was the last person she talked to on his, on her way up the hill. And so it was, it was, you know, can we, can we assume they were the hiker? Can we rule them out? Is it still open? Is it still a mystery? Uh, and in my opinion, there's nothing to indicate that either of them were the mystery hiker. And then. Mm -hmm. The final conclusion was like because people were like, why are we so focused on Javier's whereabouts? This is not about Javier. I don't think it makes anyone innocent or guilty. It it's more about the circling back to the truthfulness of Robert when mm. Robert's and, and and there's still people that disagree with me, and that's fine, but this is this is where I'm at. Robert said at 6 14, Becky told him another guy would be there. Javier said he was supposed to be there, and Becky knew that. And he, and we found out in that last interview we, that we played of his, his last interview, when he finally was getting kind of mad and was throwing things out there, he said that in that last phone call at 640, she told him, never mind, don't come. I don't want it to be awkward. So when she talked to Robert, it seems like Javier was supposed to be there. Robert says Becky told him someone was going to be there. And so it's like she says another guy going to be there, and we know that there was another guy supposed to be there at that point. Right. And he says at 640 is when she canceled, and then we see, to me, in the phone records, you know, right after this cancellation call happens, then she starts calling Robert and Christian again. Right. It sure seems like it's like, okay, I've changed my mind about the other guy. I want to let you guys know so that you'll still come, uh, right. you know, th- that call. But anyway – He says that she says there's another guy. There was another guy. Definitely it was Javier was the other was a other guy that was going to be there. And Mm -hmm. when they canceled, Becky never talked to Robert again after the cancellation happened. So that to me is much more about was that part of it. And it's circling back to a much previous episode. But was Robert's was what Robert said true? And it seems to me that it checks out. There's no reason to believe it wasn't.
3: Right. Yeah. In fact, Kathy, um, Kathy says, you know, as far as that mystery hiker goes, do you think Robert just assumed that it was Marine because of like past stories that Becky had told him or whatever she was telling him at that point? I, I saw that Tony uh, even thought maybe Marine was just a misheard word. I know that, you know, he mm-hmm. obviously she had talked about dating someone or that that, you know, he had this idea of.
2: No, so, but it that, wasn't
3: even that she said anything right she didn't say he right. didn't say she said it would be a marine she just said it would be some other guy that it would be another guy would be there yeah and, and it wasn't like that was con- unclear yeah
1: he said yeah. I think you know it might have been a marine that she was dating or something and and I don't remember who was interviewing him um, but they said well does she tell you that and he's and he very clearly said no I was just all she told me is another guy would be there. I was just wondering or assuming that it could have been. A, he. Robert never said that Becky said that it was a Marine or even someone she was dating. He said the only thing right. she told him is that another guy would be there.
0: Right, right, right. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Carrie wondered if you would even, like, if you had if you had the opportunity to ask present-day Robert about that, like, just to sort of go, you know, do you still, do? what do you think? Do you think it was Javi? Do you think that there was another guy? Just a curiosity right. about
1: yeah. know, Robert's I, No, I, I'm not able to ask. So, so they're in the in the process of preparing uh, their appeal, and so like I I've talked to Robert, but under the advisement of his attorney, which is which is smart. I said, yeah, but "We don't want you to talk about any details of the case right now, while we're getting this this uh, appeal ready to go to be the uh, the habeas getting ready to file it, uh, which is fine because anything that he says is going to be you know something that could be brought up." So they just said don't talk about anything. So I haven't been able to ask him that.
3: Right. And speaking of uh, Robert's truthfulness, Kristen says, uh, Robert said that Becky cheated on her and that is why they bro- broke up. Janelle mentions that when she and Becky went to Stockton that Becky slept with another guy. Do you feel that sort of helps corroborate what Robert said?
1: I mean, I don't know that Janelle t- – for me, Janelle didn't – or excuse me, G- Jeannie – not Janelle. Um, it was Jeannie that said that in the bonus episode. Um it's hard to it's hard for her to corroborate anything cuz yeah she did say that but then she also said that robert cheated on her now the only difference is that she says that she personally witnessed becky cheating on robert and that becky told her that robert cheated on her so right. it, you know so there's a there's a difference there but it's just it's hard when there's when there was you know the the way her language changes throughout uh, how she backs off things that are stated as fact and direct quotes at the beginning, uh, she kind of pulls away from later on. Uh, it just it, it's it's hard for me to put much reliability in in what she's saying.
3: Gotcha. Um, okay, just to go back to uh to some stuff with kind of Javi and and Jacob for a second. Um, Valeria has been thinking about the, this lost phone in Sky Valley, and that is something that continues to come up for people time and time again. Mm-hmm. People constantly you know for understandable reasons wondering like do we have any more information about who was in sky valley who could that person have been it could be significant because you know her phone was left out there right um and all of that and uh valeria said thinking about that phone call uh, the phone lost in sky valley have you looked at javi's records to see if there's a call on friday morning which could be becky ringing him from a payphone also in his interview he said that he was trying to call his friend when talking about going to Sky Valley, it sounded like this may be the friend they left the phone at. LeClaire interrupts, so we don't know exactly what he meant. Are there attempts by Javi to call someone on Friday morning that may tell us where the phone was?
1: Um I'll have to that that's a good question. I'll have to circle back on that. because uh, no, I haven't gone back to verify those um those calls. Uh so I will do that. I'm not sure about the answer to that. As far as who's who it was in Sky Valley, I I did contact Nick Crumb. Mm-hmm. And ask him if it was him and he said, No, it wasn't him. And he also said he doesn't know who it would have been. Hmm. You know, he doesn't know who also lived in Sky Valley that was part of that you know, a friend of Becky's or a friend of Javier's or that they they may have been there. So we don't all we know is according to Nick, it wasn't him.
3: Yeah. Uh going back to Jacob for a second, Jana says, you know, just to paraphrase she definitely doesn't want to downplay or try to explain trauma in a way that isn't just actual trauma. But she just keeps thinking about uh, knowing that Jacob had changed so much after the tragedy and um, yet seemed not too bothered at the interview and is just kind of holding on to this, you know, holding on to this idea of of Jacob maybe losing his aunt sort of triggered him back to what had happened in Pinion Pines, um, that he kept pol- pointing the police to Javi. Is it possible that Javi picked Jacob up that evening and returned to Pinion Pines, or does the evidence disprove that?
1: As far as Javi, I haven't, I have not seen anything to disprove His, his phone pinging in the valley. It, you know, the, the big thing is, so he, he's pinging a tower at nine twenty nine, which is almost like the perfect time to alibi him because it's not, it's too late. For him to have, after pinging that tower, to have made it up to Pinion Pines in time to commit the murders or be even be a part of them. And it's too early for him to have done it first, right? So we know, you know, approximately how long Becky's body had been burning. And, you know, in order for him to have lit the fire and get to where he could have cell phone coverage. At 929, it would have been he would have lit the body on fire at, you know, 10 after 9 or something, and we know the body wasn't burning for that long. So, no, that doesn't um, – like I said, I, I I have not seen anything that makes it possible for Javi to be – now, is it possible someone else had Javier's phone? It's possible, but we don't have any evidence indicating that. Right. Um, you know, all, all we know is he wasn't there. I, but as far as Jacob goes – Jacob's death. I mean, Jacob's on and, and and Javier's on my radar too. I I still feel like he's hiding something. I still feel like he is just a gut feeling that that he he knows something that he's not sharing. Um, we we definitely know that he's like, by the time we haven't got into his trial testimony yet, but like he changes his story and tells some verifiable lies under oath of trial, um, helping to implicate Robert. Right. Um, at trial. So this is still on my radar. But 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 Jacob, you know, like, you know, we bring in experts for a reason. And we bring like when we brought Jim in, he was talking about post-defense behavior that you would expect from the person that did this. And Jacob sort of fits a lot of that. It kind of fits the profile. If he fits the post-defense behavior. Doesn't mean that he did it, but it's definitely something to, that I've I've noted and has as him continuing to be on the radar. Uh, as we move forward.
3: Okay, great. Yeah, it's so hard when it's someone that was close to you, even if it was just a couple of months or if he was underplaying. You know, that's the other thing that happens. We don't have to go back into this because I'm sure we'll come back around to it again when we're really talking more about overall suspects and stuff. But to feel like the the trauma belongs to the person in your family who was closest to the person, so you feel like it's not your place to be as Mm -hmm. destroyed by something, you sort of lock that up and try to support your cousin because he is clearly very messed up about it. Um, right. and, and also just like, you know, post-defense behavior. It's like if you're, if it's someone you were close to, you might have the exact same response as if you had had something to do with it, because either way you're shattered by it and you're behaving yeah. completely differently because you lost somebody. So I know that's yeah. very nuanced. And
1: specifically and, I'm talking about, yeah. obviously there, we had the, he had some psychological issues afterwards and some right. emotional issues. But also moving away, you know, like, you know, Jim had told us, you know, is somebody that might have like left the area, moved away. They yeah. would have definitely had problems with, you know, psychological problems, things like this. He's just kind of checking those boxes. And again, that's just, you know, the uh, profiling and stuff like that is, it's just probabilities. That's all it is. It's not, it's not like, oh, he did that. So he must be. Right. It's, he fits that mold. So let's keep looking a little closer.
3: Got it.
2: You know, as a, as a, as a listener as most people are i I know there's people that go way ahead i'm not a person that goes way ahead i listen in real time i react in real time to this case i don't know what's coming up but i think a big thing for all of us is to not necessarily continue to put all our eggs in one basket right we have so many people that that continue to jump forward and they think this person's a suspect this person's a suspect we have so far to go and we still i would still very interested in hearing the case against robert and christian right because i don't know where i lean and without knowing that information, I don't know which way to lean. So I think point. myself as a listener and a lot of the listeners, you need to pump the brakes a little bit before we continue to push right. a certain direction.
1: And that's and that's exactly why the process is going the way that it is, is like we've explored everything we have on file on these guys and we've figured out the people that I think we can eliminate, the people that should kind of remain in the the suspect pool or on the radar as they put it. Mm-hmm. Um and then let's move on to the next. So, so this process is about eliminating people. It's not, you know, if you kind of take everybody here as a suspect, who can we cut off the list for when we circle back and really start to dig into suspects? So that's why, you know, I get asked, especially a lot of times in person, like an Obsessed Fest and things, people are like, so between you and me, right. who do you think did it? And I was like, I don't know. Like I yeah. genuinely, and people are always shocked. They're like, that's oh, an act, but it's not an act. I don't know. And, I, and I'm not trying to know right now. Right. I'm trying to go through a proper investigation where we look at everyone, see who we can eliminate, and just start narrowing the suspect pool down.
3: Yeah. Um, I just want to acknowledge there's some really interesting stuff going on in the live chat on YouTube. Um, just the sort of opening the door of this idea of – and we talked about it a little bit before – but of John growing. Um, you know, Chuck says, you know, that could actually – if there is a little bit of even dealing among friends going on, um, maybe that could explain the a massive amount of cell phone activity. If some, some folks see, feel that even for teenagers, that is still a ton of constant activity in text and calls. So wondering if maybe that sort of helps explain some of that to folks who feel like it's a lot of contact. People um, mentioning, you know, this idea of like how much money could Becky have had, yet she always seemed to have weed. Maybe. That is the answer to why she always seemed to have it. And could there even be like some sort of connection with going up to her house if that she didn't want people to do that very often? Could that be part of why? And could it be that when someone does go up to the house, maybe they are obtaining marijuana? So I don't know if like we're going to even have the opportunity to go there, if there's further that we can explore this through facts, if we don't end up finding out any more about this rumor. But um, it's definitely cracked open some really interesting discussion in the chat.
1: Yeah. And, and the, it's, it's 100% something that I, I think we need to further explore. It's just a matter of hoping we can find avenues to, to explore it.
2: You know, to piggyback off that, too, is thinking about the, the time period. Is I don't know that they had, like, unlimited plans like they do. Now, everybody here has an unlimited plan. We can talk all we want, text all we want. But they didn't have those. As far yeah. as I'm – maybe I'm wrong in the timeline, but I don't think they had those, which means these kids' phone bills are huge. Mm-hmm. in my opinion
1: well, i think it also explains a lot of the short calls and stuff why things are so short all the time
2: mm-hmm.
1: and why we see a lot more calls than text because back then i think you got charged per text,
2: or you had a number of texts you could send i remember it being like 10 cents a text or something like that
1: yeah and also you know i would say as a as a father of teenagers this phone activity isn't shocking to me at all
2: mm-hmm. but that's now right that's a whole you know These kids now are born with phones in their hand, right? Your kids have phones in their hand all the time. My kids have phones in their hand all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm very close to the same age as these kids Mm -hmm. in this case at the same time period. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: We, you know, I had a cell phone at this time period, but very, I mean, it was like kind of in my car and around. That makes sense. Yeah. But it was never used the way they use phones today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
3: I think that's a, a fantastic point to keep in mind. And I you're also your earlier point, Zach, uh, is very, very appreciated and um, very agreed with in the in the chat as well. Um, so thanks for, like, reminding us to pump those brakes. Um, the only thing I was going to say about the, the Javi thing and the mystery hiker and it for sure being him is just wishing I had a better sense of why Javi just didn't tell them that he was supposed to be there in the first place. That really bothers me. I'm sure it bothers a lot of people. If it's mm-hmm. as simple as I'm telling you that a person was supposed to be there and I am kind of directing you to that person, mm-hmm. i.e. Robert, could it be as simple as he's just like, I just don't want anything about me to mirror something that I am pointing at to say this yeah. is suspicious? And if I was supposed to be up there, how can I point the finger at someone else and say they were supposed to be up there? Do you think it could be as simple as that, Bob?
1: I, I don't know, but it's one of the reasons why Javier remains remains on my list. As, as having some kind of knowledge or involvement. I'm not saying he does, but he's definitely not eliminated for that because it, it is as much as he's forthcoming about so much and trying to help and talking to the officers and, and every every interview we hear and everybody we talk about, uh, He uh, matter of fact, there's another interview coming up. I forgot, tomorrow, a bonus. Um, oh, great. Uh, Brandon Kugler Harrison, who is another friend of Becky's, uh, his interview will drop uh, today if you're in the chat, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. Well, I forgot about that because I published it the other day. But it's like with all that, you know, We, I say that, you know, Javier told police that he was supposed to be there. But if you go back to his first interview, he was not forthcoming with that information and, in fact, was trying to hide it. You know, when he was first asked, What were you doing? I drove up there. Why? I was just driving around. Why were you driving around? I was just, I like to drive around. Sometimes I go for a ride, I drive around up there. Like, Never, yeah. even once did it occur to say, Yeah, I was driving up there, then I was going to go to Becky's, but I decided right. not to. It wasn't, it almost, it's almost like slips out or he gets pushed into it right. much later in the interview where he's like, Well, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, I think Leclerc, or whoever was at some point, says, Well, you were up there. Why didn't you just go to bec- yes. see Becky then? Yes. And he was like, Oh, well, I was going to. I talked to her and she told me to come, and but then she told me not to come. Right. And it was just, and I think in like our minds sometimes we're like, Oh, yeah, yeah. he told police that, but. He was in my opinion very intentionally trying to hide the fact that he was supposed to be up there and I don't know why. Could it be an innocent explanation like you're talking about? Absolutely. Uh but I don't know that. I don't know what the reason was, but it was odd and it doesn't fit with the idea of this guy trying to make sure he tells police everything to help them with their investigation. Mm-hmm. He's hiding a very you know he was supposed to be there a couple hours before she was killed. Right. You know, that's important.
3: And isn't and technically that's even his second interview. Right. It doesn't because he does have the first interview on site. Right. Also at that time does not say like this is so crazy because I was supposed to be here. last. Yeah.
1: So he does one whole interview and then does a second interview where he still doesn't say it. And then towards the end of that interview, he finally, you know, I'll say admits that. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to go up there.
3: Almost makes you wonder if his dad was like, whatever you do, don't tell him you're supposed to be there. That'll put the you know, that'll put the spotlight on you right away. And he's like, Oh shit. Okay. I got to somehow yeah. work around be, that as I'm trying to be helpful. Anyway, it
1: could be any number of reasons, yeah. but until I figure out that reason, he's, yeah. he's, he stays on the list. Understood.
3: Um, let's talk about, uh, victimology a little bit for a lot of folks, just kind of hearing the wrap up of this episode last week, uh, on Sunday, you, you know, folks are kind of looking at it with a broader perspective of like, what does this say? Cause this, does this tell us more about Becky's victimology? For example, Caroline and I know Sarah um, are, were pointing out like, OK, does it see is it is this representational of Becky giving her phone number out to guys that she met in the late slash early morning hours, which could add more mm-hmm. to her possible overall victimology um, and has does this. And someone else had a great point about the shirt call. Yeah, that was Robin. Um, does the knowing the shirt call probably didn't happen and. Getting a sense of, of this kind of broader victimology, uh, does that change your mind at all, or does that affect your feelings about whether Becky was a target? So I know that's a lot of stuff swimming around in there, but pick and choose as you like, yeah. and I can repeat myself. Uh,
1: as I've said before, I never thought Becky was the target. Yeah. Um. It's 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 a weird spot for me investigating. You know, I you know again looking at who we can eliminate. I really thought when we'd get into this friend group, it would be pretty pretty quick. Like oh, because of this, this, and this. We can eliminate those guys because to me the crime scene shows that I think Vicky was the target, but John or Vicky was the target. I think Becky was the interruption, which doesn't really fit with this whole group group of uh, people we've been looking into, but I'm also keeping an open mind about it. So as far as change my mind, my mind's not made up, so I can't change it yet. Right. Um but uh yeah, it, it is I think it is an interesting piece of victimology that that Becky, you know, will meet people at work and give them their, you know, we heard from Gray, from Josh, um, and exchange numbers and and connect with them. But then I go back to the fact that we have her phone records. It just, it just seems like there would be, especially because her, her house is complicated to get to, it seems like if somebody was supposed to be there that didn't know where she lived, that there would be more communication. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. she she gets home and remember she calls Jacob or tries to. You know, she's trying to call Jacob. She talks to Robert uh, and then she talks to Javier a bunch. She's not talking to anyone else. And could you have think,
3: been. Don't know. Home phone records weren't showing it.
1: Right. Yeah. And then when we do have, and that that becomes a big issue.
2: This in like what Sundays if she calls episode. Gray
3: from her home phone and he was like, "Do you want to come on a hike?" Like we just have no idea, so we can't right. operate as if we know that, and we can't. Exactly. We would just be working on that forever shooting, you know, shooting in the dark.
1: Yeah. So all so only working with what we know right now. I don't I just don't see I don't see as far as from Becky's from Becky as the target perspective, we have Robert who was planning to go up there with Christian and we have Javier who says that he was supposed to go up there and didn't. Other than that, we don't know of anybody else that she had contact with that she was trying to make that arrangement for
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion
3: professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at LinkedIn.com slash Spoken. That's LinkedIn.com slash Spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Kristen had a a really interesting comment. I really like this, um, kind of putting these two things together. Uh, She says, could the threatening phone calls that Janelle mentions, who Janelle thinks is Robert, actually be the gang person that one of becky's friends mom Jeannie, she's talking but she's
1: talking about genie not janelle
3: i apologize uh that Je- yeah wait i'm i don't apologize i don't apologize <laughs> this is on you Kristen. No, i'm totally kidding <laughs> i'm totally kidding uh okay yes got it so genie um yeah so i that's i thought that was kind of a interesting thing to put together especially since you know we've heard tell of Both Becky saying that someone was making threatening phone calls and wouldn't leave her alone. Mm -hmm. But also we've heard these stories about, oh, we, you know, we think it's Robert calling and hanging up and not saying anything. And, you know, if there's like some sort of connection there.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, again, as with, with Jeannie's interview, what it seems to me, my interpretation of her interview is that she's taking things that she's heard. And kind of conflating them into, you know, she's kind of just filling in the, and I don't even know if she's doing it on purpose, but it's like filling in gaps. So if that's the case, then yeah, it could be. So we have, we have the, uh, it was uh, Alex, the guy she dated, and his mom who said that she was there and was crying, and these gang guys won't leave her alone. Uh, and, And then, and then we hear, from Jeannie that oh, she was getting these threatening phone calls, and we heard was it Javier who said people were calling and hanging up that they assumed was Robert, mm-hmm, Yeah. even though it wasn't his phone number, okay. and there was no voice.
3: I believe uh, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, it, and it could it could very well be that that Becky told Jeannie, like I keep getting these threatening phone calls, and then after the fact, it's kind, it's kind of like a non right with you know all the high school kids. Like when I talked to Krista, they're like, yeah, they were the police were in the school telling us that sure. She did it so that sort of shaped everybody's th- thoughts. Um, uh, you know, if ever if the rumor going around that whole group was that it could be Robert and she kind of pieces those together in her mind, it becomes Robert was making threatening co- phone calls, and maybe that's not what she said at all. The, the yeah. I mean, all we can do is kind of speculate about that, right? Because we don't know for sure, we don't see those calls on the record. We wouldn't even, even if they were on the records for the bit of little bit of Becky's um phone records we have we wouldn't know which one was the threatening ones or when they occurred or anything like that.
3: Yeah. Sorry. I'm just having a a little exchange with Kristen where I'm telling her that I also thought that it was Janelle. Uh, And then the question comes up from Jordan and from other folks um, about this, the Jocelyn person, you know, the person that we've heard, we've heard these rumors about a, a, a female who, you know, was was having beef with Becky and, you know, Maybe it's the same person that posted on her MySpace, which, by the way, folks are definitely asking, do we have uh, Sarah pointed out just, you know, just to put a pin in it like we don't have access to any like MySpace no. records. Right. There's no. no printed out. There's nothing. There's just nothing in the file. Right. Um. Anyway, this person and I every time a girl comes up, I always think back to Jim Clemeny when he was kind of like, I wonder if there was a, a, a female involved. I'm using the mm-hmm. word female because that seems to be what they use in law enforcement. But. Um, you know, so that that's interesting. So, did anybody talk to Jocelyn? Was that pursued at all?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But I, I can't definitively say no without doing a full search for her name.
3: Gotcha. And then finally, uh, Valeria points out that Janelle was uh, the third person who told us something to the effect of Becky finally feeling positive and looking mm-hmm. forward to the future. Said Becky was going to do better, get her life together, um, wanted to give life a chance. Both said something similar. What was it that made her feel so hopeful? Um, is there something that could, we could put a pin on, something that the journal might have explained, something to do with Robert? Like-
1: well, we don't have the journal either, but um, yeah, and, yeah and it could be maybe this. Yeah, I And people will say I'm biased from this, but I don't think that it's because of Robert. Just because Robert, if you look at her phone activity and the guy she's talking to, I don't think Robert was that big a part of that. You know, He was like one of a few different things. To me, if I was just objectively looking at this from what we know, from what we heard, it, it would seem to me that it was I think that she was moving on from Jacob is, is the impression. And again, this is just my impression. So it, it's open for anybody to interpret differently. But, you know, it seems from the phone records that there was certainly some distance between her and Jacob. Javier says that they had been built. There has been a buildup and there were so many fights and arguments and she was tired of it. Um, even even like she was gonna clean herself up and stuff like that. You know, well, we, remember Jacob says the fight happened because of his driving. Javier said that it happened because Jacob was supposed to stop smoking weed and he had weed in his car. Um, you know, so it, it 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 almost feels like like Jacob was the thing that in her mind that relationship was dragging her down. And I can relate to. I've been in those relationships mm. where it's just like. It's just this thing that just makes me unable to, to to experience joy because I'm just got this 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 thing looming over me all the time that are, that I'm miserable in. So to so to me, like when I when I heard that, that's what I thought of was like she's in a bad relationship. She hasn't been happy with the relationship for a while. She's finally done and she's out and she's clear. And any and and let's say let's assume Jacob's telling the truth, right? That like they broke up and we're still friendly. Like that's as good as it gets. Right? That you can right. say, you know, we're breaking up. We're not together anymore. I'm free from this relationship. I can date other people. I can move on with my life. And we can still be friends.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that would be, that would definitely be a, a weight lifted off of anyone's shoulders, I think.
3: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, okay. That's pretty much what I had. There are a couple of questions I'm going to save for future episodes because they're about other folks. Um, that kind of takes us into. Uh, talking about Adnan, unless anybody has yeah. anything they want to add.
1: Let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead and cover the Adnan stuff.
3: Okay, let's do it. Uh, Marianne asks, who are the most likely suspects now? Is it possible that there are more than two suspects? And is Don still a viable suspect? Which I know we talked about. I don't
1: know. Yeah, uh, it remains the now. same. So just to be, I, I just want to break down real quick what happened yesterday for us right now. it happened a Tuesday. Uh, is uh, Marilyn Mosby dropped the charges. They got DNA results back. And what she said in her press conference yesterday was that they didn't get any usable DNA off of, I think they said her, her shirt, her skirt, and her pantyhose, I think. They didn't get usable DNA off of, but her exact words were they got whole DNA profile off of both of her shoes. It was a mixture with, with two contributors, and the same two contributors were found on both shoes. Uh, if you don't remember correctly, her shoes—right? She was found barefoot, but her shoes were in her car, uh, right? In, in the tr- in the trunk of her car. I have always thought, and I believe the evidence supports this, and I think most people believe this that she was dragged, probably by her feet, because because remember her shirt was scooted way up, and her in her yeah. um in her skirt and her shirt. She had, um, I think, there were some scrape marks on the pantyhose or something, but. It looked like she had been dragged by her feet, um, and so th- like that makes sense to me that the two people that were doing that that were that were dragging her out there that if her shoes came off during that process they get her buried the the hole wasn't deep enough that to completely cover her so like there wasn't room to tuck other things in that they would then take the shoes throw them in the car because they want to leave them laying out and get rid of them so the DNA pro- she didn't give us any information about who. The DNA did match or if it matched anyone, but what you do, we do know is that Ednan was excluded. It was not his DNA on the shoe. It was not Hayes. And I believe it was not Jay's uh, that they checked. So that's what happened yesterday. And so because of that, they have dropped his charges as far as who the, the suspects are.
2: Can I it, jump in for just a second? On sure. The suspects. I, I think people are getting tied up and I, I originally did this because I don't know a bunch about this case. I think people are getting tied up because when they brought this forward, this recent thing, they said two suspects. Right. That is what brought, was brought forward in Brady, that there was two suspects that were not turned over. That doesn't mean there's only two suspects. Correct. Right. And I think a lot of people are getting hung up on that. I was at first, but I think a lot of people are getting hung yeah. up on the fact that people are thinking there's only two. Yeah. But right. that those are the two that are brought forward for Brady right exactly great point, so great point.
1: and that leads into what i would say as far as the suspects left anybody besides jay and ednan are still on the episode because because i keep getting the like, like do you still think don yeah what uh, there there's the evidence that was all laid out in season one of our show that indicated that don should still remain as he he deserved a closer look and should not have been cleared and therefore should still be a suspect Nothing that we've heard so far changes that um, uh, the, you know, the, in the other two suspects, we don't, we don't, we don't have enough information. So right now, anybody, it could be anyone at this point for me, I'm not and you know, I've had people ask me, I'm not speculating on who it was. Cause I don't have, I know there's DNA. I don't know whose it is. So there's, so I can't speculate about who the the suspect would possibly be at this point.
3: Yeah I'm I think for many of us we will be very 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 interested to hear who had a reason to threaten her life and then mm-hmm. could also be shown in some way to have the opportunity to act on that because that sort of language is you know sh- was so shocking right um uh, Eva says, given that Marilyn Mosby is shortly out the door and is under indictment for perjury, will the state's new attorney, Ivan Bates, be able to use any of that information to reverse this decision? That would be horrible. But given the politics in Baltimore, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: First things first, uh, my understanding is that Ivan Bates has always talked about this case and said that he thought it was that it was not tried properly and it was a disaster of a case. He's never given the indication that he would want to do anything like that. Secondly, yeah, I mean, another DA could come in and say, well, we're going to refile charges against a Don. Uh, but I don't even know if a judge would sign that warrant at this point. Good point. I mean, because because they Good would point. I mean, so, so they would have to go to a judge and say, well, we think that that happened for these reasons. Well, what evidence do you have? Well, you don't have Jay anymore. Like he's compl- His credibility has gone. And as I said before, I guarantee you, he wouldn't testify even if his credibility wasn't shit. Uh, from all the changing stories and all of that. Uh, there's DNA of an, of two other people on her body and not Adnan's DNA on it. Uh, the coach Sy alibi, the phone records cannot be used. So there's like, there's nothing there. So technically, yes, another VA could come in and not reverse the decision, but they could file. So it, where Adnan's at right now is everything has been completely undone. He's not in a right. position anymore where an appeal could flip flop something, right? He it is though he is back in 1999 and has never been charged for this case before, right? So, yeah, they could always file charges against him. But could you imagine going before a jury and like, well, the evidence we have is what
3: I I agree with you? I feel like a judge would be like, show me something new because my colleagues and your colleagues in these offices Decided that this was poorly done and that there was yeah. absolutely no reason to do it. Like you better have, talk about a bombshell. You better have something so solid, and it has to be new because you got nothing. Something um, to get
1: over the hump of someone else's DNA being yeah. on her body.
3: Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what that would be. I don't know what that would be. Um, yeah, that was that was Faith and Kim's question. They were you know asking about wanna, the recharge possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I want to I want to point out too right now that sure the Adnan is guilty. The guilter crowd with that they're big mad right now. Like they <laughs> on social media, I was looking for a minute yesterday. And
3: what are they saying?
1: Do I? It's uh, the cognitive dissonance with that group is so amazing to me that now that after everything else that we found out, she comes out and says we have usable DNA on her shoes. They are still saying he's a child murderer. and They're letting him go, and as politics and all that, like, like wow i just want to put like i've never i don't respond to any of it on social media i'm not even getting into it but it just wow uh the the talk about bias (laughs) you're just like like i guarantee you they could find the person whose dna that is and they could come in and confess and explain exactly how they did it and and they would still be like no no it's still guilty Right. It's, or it's, he was
3: involved or something. Yeah, it's that bananas. Old. Anyway,
1: I just wanted th- that was me addressing all the bullshit <laughs> on social media. There it is. Yeah.
3: Understood. Understood. Um, Karen says, what happens now with the AG appeal on behalf of Hayes family?
1: Uh, I believe Mosby said in her press conference that that's done now. Like Got like it? there's no b- because the charges have already been completely dropped that I think that that would be. There's no reason for that to go through because he's like they're appealing. Step B, but they're already past Step C. Like it's not even right to that point. So right. yeah, I, I believe that that goes away now.
3: Well, and perhaps hearing about the 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 alternate DNA when you know Hayes' brother left it open for, we just want to know the truth. Maybe that was something that you know. Oh, I can't even imagine what that family must be feeling right now. That's and so sad.
1: I think Marilyn Mosby hit it on the that. That's exactly what I've been saying is. Uh, is that I think they have an attorney that is the young Lee has an attorney that is trying to take advantage of him. I think because, yeah, like I heard his statement, you know, we we, we heard, didn't hear it, but we were read his statements word for word what he said. And he did say he was upset this was happening and that he thought the DA was on his side. But then he also said, but the idea, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, but the idea that the person that killed my sister is still out there free for 23 years kills me so i trust that that the state's attorney will do the right thing i certainly did not get the impression from him that he's like i'm certain adnan's guilty and you need to you know i think that you know mosby said it in a press conference and i think that she's i think she's probably right that i don't think this is really coming from from mr lee i think that it is uh, an attorney. It, it and if I want to get real conspiracy theory on it, I think it's Brian Frosch at the Attorney General's office mm. pushing that attorney to do this to try to yeah. get this undone.
3: It's not that it's not even about the lease It's about how can he benefit from exactly. say, trying to save face. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah, the uh, the appeal was surprising to me because of his statement. um yeah. In every other way, nothing should be surprising about this case and people being you know trying to put it on back in prison in terms of baltimore being a little messed up but uh after his statement it was really shocking uh and then stephanie and kim are wondering does this outcome allow anon to bring any type of legal action against the state
1: i'm not a lawyer so i can't say but i would think so would um, Say, it,
3: watch collins twitter or yeah i feel, that feel like he's on top of that
1: yeah has he said anything about it because i have not looked no
3: i mean not um, that i know of but i feel like that would be he's a good resource for yeah i would, yeah, I would think that, that he
1: could certainly bring a lawsuit because of the fact that now he's essentially been declared innocent by the DA and the charges dropped. And from the step before that, that we also know that the reason he lost those 23 years was due to absolute corruption and lies and withholding evidence that his constitutional rights were violated, that stole 23 years of his life. And you're goddamn right. He should sue him. And I hope that he does. And I hope that he can, but I don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that is about it i feel like we've i'm just scanning the chat to see if there's anything
1: okay i do know that one question that's, that's been posed to me a couple of times is um if they can try it again could it be double jeopardy uh and no that's i think we've addressed this before but just to make clear like what's happened is a complete reset so where anon sits right now it is as though he has never been charged never arrested never indicted Never tried, never convicted. It's like none of that ever happened. So if they so they were to, for some reason, file charges and take them to trial again, that would not be double jeopardy because it's as though the first trial never happened.
3: Right. Okay. I feel like I wish I had a big, a giant leg. Like, eh, but now to end the episode, here's you want me this to use the
1: use the soundboard music to really hype I up the end.
3: Absolutely, don't want anyone to think I was inviting that. In no way was <laughs> I inviting that in any way whatsoever. How about what's going on next week? Oh, Zach, did I just That's do where I you go. that? As I was going to go.
2: As going to forget,
3: say, forget what? I said it. You say it, Zach. You say it better <laughs> than me anyway. You're the grown up in the room. As Ooh, we all I don't know. know about
1: that. So, what do we have to look
2: forward to this week?
1: Uh, on Sunday, so we are we are shifting our focus. Uh, I mentioned that, th- that this was coming, that I want to explore the interviews with Becky's family, with her sisters, uh, and so we can finally get some insight into more of the victimology, not just with Becky, but the household in general. And this week's episode on Sunday is going to be her sister Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Teasdale. It's her interview um, that was done three days after the murder on the 20th. The audio. I wanted you guys. I really desperately want you guys to hear it, but the audio is absolute garbage. So I'm I'm breaking down the interview in Sunday's episode. For those of you that don't like the interviews, no interview Sunday. It'll just be me talking about the interview from the transcripts. Uh, for those of you that want to hear it, even if the audio is shitty, I'm going to put the interview out as a bonus episode, uh, probably on Wednesday next week, so that you can hear it. Um, so that's what's coming Sunday. It's you're not going to want to miss it because it's, you know, we, it, I haven't been tunnel visions, I think, but some people, when they're just hearing what I'm putting out, it starts to feel like tunnel vision. Like we're really focused in, like it's got to be one of these teenagers or 20 somethings that did this, uh, this episode all of a sudden really makes you realize kind of what you were talking about, Zach. It really makes you realize like, oh shit, there's a whole, there was two other victims. There's a whole nother world of possibilities out there. And Tiffany definitely, definitely puts that in the forefront. So we're going to hear that
3: oh, on Sunday. Great to hear. I can't wait. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thank you, everybody. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys next week. nbi studios production and is distributed by wondering edited by kelly barron's brink and all music for the show was created by put them in a our follow-up logo was created by me and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by tate krupa of red swan graphic design you can find more of tate's work on etsy thank you to katie ross of Createdintandem.com for designing creating managing and maintaining our website truth and justicepod.com financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice justice you can also do us a huge favor by going to itunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review and lastly you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program if you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons you can submit your cases on our website truthandjusticepod.com just click on the case submission button and fill out the form and the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations you can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com you can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found in all forms at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Barney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269 224 2833. However, you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver.
3: And I'm Janet Varney.
1: And this has been Truth and Justice.
2: so like aggressively loud i had to go to the farm store this morning and get feeder for my quail what season is this this is 12 we did good for 11 seasons Uh, listen we we got out of swords you were on assignment last week and it was just me and jv and we were just doing our thing and now i forgot how to do a podcast the fuck i did
1: zach here we go zach is gonna do the intro live on youtube today since we forgot by we i mean me To have him record before we went live. And
3: I would walk 500 miles an (laughs) hour.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm sorry I'm back. Maybe take this opportunity to go smash the like button so you're not listening while Zach does his intro. Hey, wait. No, Gary's walking in right now. Hey! Hey!